It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulls. <laughs> Bryce Hulls. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. How did it get to be 7 o'clock? But it did. Well, actually, it's 6.59. I'm really close. So if you have to be work at 7, you have a minute and 13 seconds. He is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Coming up at 7.30 this morning, Dan McChesney. He's probably already at work. Jinx basketball coach. If that name sounds familiar, he was over at Nathan Hale last year. And at 8.10 today, Scott Hennessy, former – or not, not former. Ah, don't say that, Rick. The manager of the Tulsa Drillers. He's having a big news conference today at 11 to preview the season. We are not far from them heading to spring training, mm. uh, which is – and Scott goes – a little earlier too because he'll do some work with a big club too and do some other things so we'll talk to scott about all that and yes Shoei Atani's name will definitely come up in that conversation in the meantime we're asking you at 918-262-5072 to text us your that's our neuropathy treatment clinic of oklahoma text line text us your favorite toby keith song he passed away last night at age 62 most of us know about his fight with cancer it was not long he only was diagnosed in 2022 with stomach cancer and it, it takes its toll rather quickly. He had radiation and chemo and was very small and weak at the end, and he died last night. His family said he was peaceful, and they were there. We're getting people asking about uh, his favorite tunes. He had 32 number one singles, so there was a pretty good number of tunes out there. Red Solo Cup, Should Have Been a Cowboy, all that. Got another text here at 918-262-5072 from 3540. That's the last four of the phone number that says Should Have Been a Cowboy. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. We'll play some of those today as we go through the day. In the meantime, right now at 7 o'clock, Time for us to let Bryce off the hook. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170. Brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. This day in sports history, February 6th, 1926. NFL rules college students ineligible until college classes graduates. 1932, first Olympic dog sled race at Lake Placid, New York. It's going as a demonstration sport. 1934, New York sports writer and broadcaster Ford Frick is named the public relations director of the National League. In nine months, Frick will become the league's president and later become commissioner, succeeding Happy Chandler. Frick had previously played an instrumental role in promoting the birth of the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. 1958, Ted Williams signs a one-year contract with the Boston Red Sox. Reports on the worth of the contract estimate it between $135,000 and $150,000. Either way, Williams becomes the highest-paid player in Major League history. 1970, Buffalo was granted an NBA franchise to be called the Braves. They later moved to San Diego, then Los Angeles, and changed their name to the Clippers. Cleveland and Portland were also granted NBA franchises. 1971, the first time a golf ball is hit on the moon. That's by Alan Shepard. 1976, the American League grants the new expansion franchises in Seattle to a six-man investment group that includes movie star and entertainer Danny Kaye. The new franchise, to be called the Mariners, will start playing in 1977. 1981, Wayne Gretzky scores three goals and three assists in a 10-4 Edmonton victory over the Winnipeg Jets, giving him 100 points in the season. 1986, New Jersey Devil Peter McNabb becomes the 42nd NHLer to score 350 goals. 1988, Larry Bird, who defeated Dale Ellis by two points, left the floor with his finger extended in the number one sign as his last shot swished in the AT&T shootout at Chicago Stadium. 1988 as well, the Bulls' Michael Jordan won the Nestle Crunch Slam Dunk Contest with a perfect score of 50 on his final dunk, 
in front of an appreciative hometown crowd at Chicago Stadium during the NBA All-Star Saturday. 1990, groundbreaking begins on Baltimore Orioles' new $102 million stadium. 1993, Arthur Ashe, American tennis player and three Grand Slam titles, passes away of AIDS-related pneumonia at the age of 49. 1995, Daryl Strawberry suspended from baseball for 60 days. 2005, Super Bowl 39, Altel Stadium in Jacksonville. The New England Patriots win their third Super Bowl in four years, 24-21 over the Philadelphia Eagles. It's their ninth straight postseason victory, equaling Vince Lombardi's Green Bay Packers. 2008, in the blockbuster deal, the Phoenix Suns acquire Shaquille O'Neal from the Miami Heat in exchange for four-time NBA All-Star Sean Marion and Marcus Banks. In 2015, Norm Drucker, American basketball referee, passes away at the age of 94. Birthday is today, February 6th. 1961, Carl Lee, former Vikings cornerback. 1967, Randy Hillard, former Browns and Broncos cornerback. 1973, Fred Miller, former Rams and Bears tackle. 1983, Michael Robinson, former Seahawks fullback and current NFL Network analyst. 1985, Travis Wood, former Cubs pitcher. 1990, Jaquiz Rogers, former Bucks and Falcons running back. 1995, Zach Collins, White Sox catcher. 1996, Kevon Looney, Warriors center. And 1997, Colin Morikawa, American golfer and PGA Championship in 2020 and British Open winner in 2021. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. He is Bryce Hulls. I am Rick Corey. We still coming up at 7.30 this morning. We'll talk to Dan McChesney from Jinx Basketball and at 8.10, Scott Hennessy from the Drillers. But right now, it's time for Not Sports at 7.03. I know what you're thinking. Well, hell, that's what you do most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we try not to, actually. All right, so in not sports, let's talk about some things that are just, you know, kind of things happening around the world as we got little Toby Keith playing in the background. He did die at the age of 62 last night. His family, as I said earlier, said he was at peace and surrounded by his family. He um, had uh, 32 number one singles, was only diagnosed with his cancer back in 2022. All right, so as we do not sports, let's get into some other things here, shall we? How about this? Um, Disney trips have become so hard, so overwhelming, so expensive, so difficult that there are now classes on how to plan them. Really? Yep. And if you've never been, especially to Disney World, where you literally have to have a week to do yeah. anything and everything they do there, then you might understand it is so doggone overwhelming to just try to plan. So there are things that are actually doing that. The The cost is one thing. And look, I've been to Disneyland or World 43 times. It's a long story. Uh, a lot of the time, I'm going to admit, it was free. Yeah. Because there was a time when they allowed media comps. They don't anymore, and they haven't <laughs> since right, well probably five years before COVID. Okay. And because I was in those areas a lot, either to cover something or be doing something, I would take advantage of that. Yeah. So I've been a lot. And in the doing, have kind of developed a fairly decent plan about how to do it. But I'll tell you, it's not easy, no matter what you do. If you go down there thinking, hey, we'll just take everybody to the park, and that's how, you know, it might work out that simply. But it's if you have any ADD... <laughs> At all. I need to sign up for these classes. It's, hey, look, 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 look. And then, you you know, you're getting there. And then if you're with kids, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. And, you know, you want to be careful, but you can't turn down everything. You can't accept everything. And it's going to be a long trip. So what do you do? I mean, I go on and on and on about it. But 
my wife and I have, have have mulled over several times. Let's do the thing for the average families who go down there. And there are yeah. many that are done like that, which thankfully are out there. So I'm just saying, if you've ever done it, you got to be careful. And especially now, it's way more expensive than it used to be. And there is no way to get a deal out of Disney. <laughs> they will find a way to make sure you're paying full price, especially when it comes to eating, which is Man, that can be really expensive. Speaking of eating, we have a list here of the 250 best cities in America for pizza. Ooh. This comes from a 2024 study, and they, they went through an awful lot of people, and they went through 250 cities. Who do you think ranks number one, Bryce Hulls? In, in the best pizza. Pizza? New York? You're right. There we go. Most people would say Chicago right off the bat or mm. New York. Those yeah. two go back to back. Chicago, of course, is deep dish. New York is not. One folds their pizza, one doesn't. You know, one's knife and fork. You almost have to, the way the, the thickness of it. When I, when I went to New York in 2017, we, we went to the same pizza place two times in the span of like three days. Yeah. You know, because it's just... Do you remember the name of it? John's. But the thing is, is I'm sure there are like five John's there pizzerias. Are. Yeah. Ray's, <laughs> Ray's and John's are famous. Yeah. Uh, there is a pizza place... Um, in, in one of well, in two of our trips there, we stayed on Times Square, and in one of those, which in Times Square is very close to Broadway in that district, and in the Broadway district, there's an old church converted to a pizza place, and it was to this day one of the two best I've ever had. Remember I, what, was it, what was it called? I cannot I, remember the name. I, I think of it. the John's Pizzeria that we went to, we went to after a Broadway show because again, it was kind of close there. Mm-hmm. It was converted from a church. Okay, that so was maybe, probably it. it. What what Broadway show did you go to? Uh, School of Rock. <laughs> hey, yeah. Who was who played the Jack Black spot? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. He didn't look much like Jack Black, but he played it. He played it really well. It was, Which, it was it was really fun. I almost chose that last night. Really? I love that movie. <laughs> I mean, how do you not it's like good. Jack Black? Oh, I know. To begin with, is there anybody who dislikes Jack Black? The thing. I mean, I can't even think. If you do, we can't be friends. I mean, yeah. I just don't see it. He's just yes, he's goofy. But with a good-hearted so way. So likable. All right. So who do you think was number two? What city do you think was number two? City. Um, An overall best pizza. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Chicago or Detroit. Tulsa. Hey, look at us. How about us, huh? Weren't we Goog- able to get the big this pizza is party? A, yeah, Google yeah. Re- this comes from Google Reviews overall. It's a 4.6 score. And it says here it'll be surprised to those who don't do not know about Tulsa's burgeoning pizza scene. You think of Savastano's and, you know, of course, Mazio's made, you know, was here many years ago. Hideaway? Yeah, Hideaway. And, Andalini's? You know, yes, Andalini, Savastano. You think of all those, and there are more. Pie Hole over here. And, uh, yeah. oh, I can't name them all, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm going to miss some. If you want to text me, if you do that at 918-262-5072, if you have a favorite pizza, tell us. At 918-262-5072, that's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Because being number two, and you know what? I can say I, I, I believe that. I am a pizza snob. There's not many I like. And I, it's, it's not that I like highbrow pizza. There's just a lot I think is, is mediocre. You know, it's just doughy stuff, right? And I'm not much for that. Don't like that at all. But I can say that a lot of what we have around Tulsa is excellent, excellent, excellent pizza. I'm also a fan of Go Do It There. Because if you do it oh, there, yeah. it's fresh out of the oven rather than For anything sure. you bring home steams while you're bringing it home because mm-hmm. it's stuck inside a box or especially anything in styrofoam. You ever taken French fries home? When you get there, they're these limp things. Oh, yeah. Right? Just soggy. It, right. It's because they're steaming inside that styrofoam the whole time. I Actually, anytime we bring anything home, I open the styrofoam 
when we're in the car <laughs> and let the let steam out. Little, yeah. I would rather rewarm it at home and let it stay like it is than let it steam. And pizza does the same thing even inside those boxes. So when you take it home, even if you do it fast, it's likely going to do that. So doing it in person to me is a bigger deal. Yeah. The Tulsa second. How about that? That's a that's a point of pride, good, isn't it? Good for us. That is cool. Los Angeles is number three, and I've had pizza there. The the best pizza I've ever had was in San Pedro, mm. which is right outside L, which is really part of L.A. Uh, and I just it was fantastic. Now I do like Ifratelli's in Dallas is fantastic as well. Uh, but if that was John's Weed Aid, and it might have been in New York, that was yeah, right there as well. Awesome. Peoria, Illinois comes in number four, which is interesting to me. And this one will really, really get you. Jonesboro, Arkansas, number five. Wow. Home of Arkansas State. Yeah. So it's a college town. And I, it's right outside Memphis, not very far away. But some really good food right over there. All right. So moving on. Tesla driver pulled over. He was pulled over because he was weaving. Why he was weaving? Because not only was the, he was letting the Tesla drive, but he was wearing the Apple Vision glasses. He wasn't even looking. Oh. Didn't the movie Wally like warn train, us about, train us for being stupid? Warn, warn us about all this stuff. I have seen I, the, the I number of videos I have seen lately with people doing that. Now maybe they were staged. I don't have any idea, but I. Just tell you, you know, it only takes one of those to kill you or somebody else, and yeah. I just, I'm not getting it. The high-end ProVision headset, by the way, is $3,500. I can wait. And I, I Yeah, <laughs> right. And I think that the whole VR thing and all that, I think it's cool. I've never done it, but I think it's cool, and I think it'll be really cool. But don't take your eyes off the yeah. road when you're driving. My my family is driving out there. Your family's driving out there. You're driving out there. Jeremy's driving out there, and his family, his, his precious daughter Lennox. Don't do that. Yeah. You're gonna trust Elon Musk or whoever. In this case, Steve Jobs and Apple with your life. Mm-hmm. I know Steve Jobs is dead. Don't yeah. text me that. I oh. And this guy, thank God he got pulled over. Now, will it stop him? Probably not. Because if you can afford a $3,500 headset, you don't care about a ticket like that. You're going to wait until something catastrophic happens. It just uh, makes me angry. Uh, Okay, we talk about, you know, age differences from time to time. Millennials, Gen Z, Gen Z. We'd done that yesterday a little bit. Sure. So millennials, whatever, what is that age group? Millennials is like, I think, early 80s to mid-90s. Yeah, I I never remember that. Like, Like, I would say, like, 81 to 95 range. And I, uh, trust me, listen, I don't judge people by their age. I don't care. Right. I care about you. Are you a good person or are you not? That's all I care about. But millennials overall, because they do they do these studies, have decided that if you, <laughs> millennials and Gen Z actually, if you carry this item on you, you're just old. <laughs> what okay. item do you think that is? Um, a flip phone. A wallet. Oh my gosh. Do you carry one? My wallet is like into my phone, so is it? Yeah, okay. So I'm able to like hold like a little bit of cash, but mainly cards. And yeah, stuff uh, and that's it. what most people do. I still have yeah. a very thin one because uh, it, there's a lot of things in there I have to have for Lindsay. 
there yeah. are medical cards and some other things that I really need. So, yeah, I could put them in the back of one of those things, but I cannot lose them. Yeah. And I just can't take that chance. So mm -hmm. I have one, but it's really thin. So I don't have one of those. I hate those big old trifold. I hate those oh, things. I always hated them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm sitting on a state <laughs> when I sit down. And I, I, I just can't stand those things. And so I, I actually can kind of see that. That one kind of made me laugh just a little bit when I when I read it because I thought to myself, all right, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to um, go against that one. All right, a few birthdays today. Tom Tom Brokaw, you know who that is? Yes. That one? Little, Tom Brokaw. Yeah. 84 years old today. Uh, who else here? Let's see. Mike Farrell from MASH. Always enjoyed him. He's 85. Oh, my Lord. Kathy Najimy from Sister Act. It's another one of Lindsay's movies she loves. 67 mm -hmm. years old. Uh, Robert Townsend, actor, director, Five Heartbeats, uh, Meteor Man, Parenthood, all those things. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, go down the list here. Uh, so let's get to. Oh, you know who it is musically? Axel Rose. Ooh, okay. You know how old he is? Get take a guess. Uh, sixty-four. You're close. He's sixty-two. Ooh. Yeah, you you came close. Uh, Rick Astley. <laughs> yeah, Rick Roll. Yeah, Rick. You got Rick Roll. Fifty-eight mm -hmm. oh, years God. old. If you don't know about Rick Rolling, you'll have to t take a look at that one. Old days of YouTube. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, I loved this group, Toto. Love Toto. Yeah. Uh, their drummer, Simon uh, Phillips, is 67 years old yeah, today. Their song, Africa, was one of those that mm -hmm. my generation, you know, comes on to a little bit late, right? And like, where was this all our lives? But how know? do you not love it? Oh, I it's, mean, it's that, that opening, that just that, that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's just iconic. All right, that's going to do it for Not Sports. Thanks for playing along. Where's your favorite pizza? 918-262-5072. Tulsa, number two. In America, as far as best pizza cities, let us know is your your go-to at 918-262-5072, especially if it's something we haven't mentioned. There are a lot of hole-in-the-walls or smaller places. There are places here who serve pizza as just a part of a regular other menu that actually is fantastic. So let us oh, yeah. know at 918-262-5072. We're the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Speaking of the Oilers, when they're home, on a Sunday, you get a chance to skate on the ice with your family. It's called Sunday Fun Day. You can rent skates or take your own, and you can do it with the players. They'll stay out there. It's a really cool thing to do on any Sunday, anytime they're home. You can do it with the Oilers in the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Last night in Big 12 basketball, Kansas State beats Kansas in the Sunflower Showdown, 75-70 in overtime. Shiloh, Oklahoma native Tyler Perry had 26 points for the Wildcats. Oklahoma State football got a, got a pickup in the portal as former Virginia Tech wide receiver Dwayne Lofton announced on social media that he is committed to the Cowboys. In the past three seasons for the Hokies, Lofton has tallied 410 yards receiving. And the Washington Commanders have fired offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy after just one season with the team. Cliff Kingsbury will be filling that position. That's the window roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. One of his hits, uh, that came out not long after 9-11, yeah. if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And it was a, almost a battle cry for the nation afterward. Uh, I had a text here at 918-262-5072 because we asked what your favorite Toby Keith song was. I got a text here from uh, uh, Carrie. Carrie. It says, hey, just noticed Spotify on my Spotify, he says, I had a red solo cup. Kind of forgot about it. Listen this morning, hilarious song. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. You're right about that. Got another text on pizza, too. You know, as we just told you that Tulsa finished second, best pizza town in America to New York 
And it wasn't a big gap. Right there, you know, vying with the Big Apple for the best pizza. So I said, okay, tell us what your favorite is. You know, we've mentioned there's a lot of great pizza here. And got a text that says Upper Crust and mm. Umberto's. Have you ever had either of those? I've, I've had Upper Crust. It's been a while, but I've had Upper Crust. And it was good? Oh, yeah. 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 I've, not had, go back. I've not had either uh, of those two, but uh, I, I'm certainly willing to give those a try. I had a, you know, Pie Holes right over here off 15th, and it's right there where I turn to go to TU because I come in the back yeah. way to go to do our game broadcast. And anytime I go over there, and I always see it, and I think about it, and then I had a friend tell me it was really good. And I stopped in there because they still, I don't know if they still do, but they were doing by the slice for, at one time. Okay. And I stopped in there one time, and actually it was really, really good. So I uh, like that one as well. Let us know at 918-262-5072. That's our Nropi Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Now you heard, you know, I heard right there Patrick Mahomes was being booed by the Niners fans because at media day they let people in, and there were thousands and thousands of people in the building for media day, most of them in front of Ta- Travis Kelsey. At the same time, there were a lot of kid reporters because they're going to also have the Nickelodeon broadcast, which, you know, the SpongeBob, if you will, which I thought was cool, which is why they asked Purdy to do SpongeBob. Uh, they also asked Mahomes, and, and he just kind of wouldn't. He said, "He said I'm already doing it the way I talk. <laughs> He's got that little – no, they asked him to do Kermit. Yeah. They asked him to do Kermit. That's and, when he gets compared a lot, yeah, too. And, and, he, and he was saying, I'm doing it <laughs> as yeah. I spoke right now. I think it's fun with it. It was, yeah. The other thing, a couple other pieces of news came out yesterday in the NFL. One of them was Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Let go by Washington. Not a surprise because they hired Cliff Kingsbury. So, you know, they weren't going to keep both guys. And, you know, when Bienemy went in, he came off a tremendous run with the Chiefs. Now, how much of that was Eric Bienemy and how much of that was Patrick Mahomes? Because at the end of that tenure, we heard about a little friction between the two. And you kind of saw it occasionally on the sidelines when they didn't look like they were very happy with the other, specifically Mahomes, with the enemy. But his start was really on the rise. He was mentioned a lot for head coaching jobs, which never came through. And as that was happening, you kind of thought, well, what's, how's this going to work out? So he goes to Washington, you think, you know, and he'll kind of raise everything over there. But it just didn't happen. Initially, they had some pretty good numbers. But by the time he got done... They were 25th in scoring and 24th in yards overall. And one of the problems was, according to the team and the kind of scuttlebutt, was he would he just kept wanting to throw it too much. They led the league in passes, 636 passes, and they were not a great passing offense. Uh, so that was part of the problem. Now, now we're going to find out, is Eric Bieniemy any good? You know, over there, early on, he was thought to be a rising superstar. Now you see that tarnished a little bit, and where does he go and how does he get a job? I'll be interested in this. I I always wonder when a guy is really successful early and he has really good players, how much is which? And it's usually a nice combination. But minus him, they didn't miss a beat. No, I, I think that it was one of those situations, too, where – when you look at his run in Washington, which only lasts a year, mm-hmm. how much of that is also just being with that kind of franchise yep. and, and the turnover that they've had. Uh, Sam Howell has no protection, and so that's probably a lot on him, obviously, to to throw it so much knowing that you can't protect Sam Howell that way. Uh, but it's definitely going to put a damper on things just because that was one of the biggest criticisms when he was leaving Kansas City was why isn't he getting more head coaching looks? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it certainly puts puts him behind the eight ball a little bit. Well, it's been you know we've heard after he left Kansas City that he had rough relationships with a lot of players. Now, and part of it was just his, I guess it'd be stubbornness or insistence. My way is the right way, mm. and you know coaches are that way. I mean, I don't know a lot of coaches yeah. you can sit down with and change their minds quickly. <laughs> That's why a lot of them get fired. They're just downright stubborn. They'll you know they'll call plays over and over and over and over again, and I could name several names right now, but I won't. Uh, and you know I've I've had conversations with them. Well, that should have worked. Mm-hmm. It, it was dialed it up perfectly. Does. I mean, we, well, it's, we we In their eyes. we schemed it. Ex- we schemed it exactly right. If if this guy had done this, and if this guy had done that, and many times that's right. But it's right in any case. If you do everything right, if you do everything perfect. Everything's perfect, right. <laughs> but that we're people. It doesn't happen. Somebody beats a block. Somebody slips. Somebody misses. Whatever, and they'll over it. Well, that should have worked, and so they won't go away from it. And that again goes back to my old point of you have to coach to your talent until you can recruit to your philosophy. Mm. Then you can coach to your philosophy. But if you coach to your philosophy first, and the the best and biggest. In my the one that I've seen, and you can let me know if you have a better one, is when George Henshaw took over at Tulsa. He took over a team from Don Morton that had been six and five two years in a row, which doesn't sound fantastic, but they they really weren't a, they were really a pretty good football team, and that back then, you know, football was more condensed, if you will, and those are really good teams. Absolutely, you know, you got Steve Gage's team. Steve played the NFL that almost you know that went down and scared Miami, who was number one at the time, uh, beat some pretty good programs, and they were a running team. They were a veer option football team. And Henshaw comes in with a passing background, and, you know, really, he was very good at it. He had a hell of a career in the NFL after and tried to turn that into a passing team. That was a veer option football team who he hadn't even recruited a class. <clears throat> and he comes in, and he's trying to take <clears throat> guys who rushed for 1,000 yards and a quarterback who was a runner, and he tried to take what was on that team and make them a throwing football team, and he won two games. You don't think about how they're going to adjust at all. <laughs> you don't think about what the kind of effect that's going to have immediately, right? Yeah, it's just immediately, well, well this is what I like, and this is what we're going to yeah. do. This is what I'm good at. But they can't do that. And that was, to me, I just was stunned. At, and, you know, he was only there a year, and he was gone, and Dave Rader came in, and things changed. It's that kind of stubbornness that gets coaches fired, or in that case, he left on his own and went away. So is Biera, is enemy that guy? I don't have any idea. But Dan Quinn wasn't going to see it. He was going to, he was just going to move right on. So now who's next, and what happens to enemy? He'll get a job, but we're going to see how much is him. It's You know, it really isn't, if you think about it, unlike Belichick. Yeah, he wasn't in charge. He wasn't the head coach. But without Brady, Belichick. Yeah. Okay. Without Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Without Patrick Mahomes on the other side of that, the enemy. Are we looking at the same guy? Seven thirty on the Blitz eleven seventy. That's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. I don't even know your name. Well, I know some of your names, but you're welcome to text at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. I'd love to get to know your name and let me know a your best pizza and b your best Toby Keith song. Coming back, we'll talk a little high school basketball. Dan McChesney, a great run at Nathan Hale, including last year. Now over at Jinx, another great tradition. We'll talk to him about that coming up at eight ten as well. We'll talk to Scott Hennessy of the Drillers. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
The Oklahoma State Cowboys are on the road tonight as they'll face one of the Big 12 newcomers, the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars. Pre-game starts at 5 with a 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it right here on the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma Sooners will also be facing a pair of Big 12 newcomers, the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars. Tip-off at the Lloyd Noble Center is at 7 o'clock. And the Oklahoma City Thunder will be in Utah tonight to take on the Jazz. Both teams are coming off of comeback victories. The Thunder being down by 23 at one point against the Raptors on Sunday night before they came back and won. Tip-off tonight is at 8 o'clock. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Uh, you know, and I, you were probably anticipating I would. I will not. Uh, but it is interesting when you're changing jobs. Just tell me without, and I'm, without you know, too much detail because it's personal. What goes into a thought process like that and the approach and, and how you decide to, to, to do what you're going to do? Well, for me, I mean, it's, it's, it was a tough decision. Most of it's uh, personal, though. You know, most of it's around based around my family and my me and my wife and my two boys and looking at our future and what, what we think that's going to hold and what we want that to look like and kind of painting that picture in our brain and then trying to find the, the best school that lines up with that. And, you know, Jinx was just a good opportunity to find a school that matched up with a lot of uh, th- those ideas that we had for our future and our my boys have uh, transferred into the jinx school district and that's been a good transfer for them they're really excited about going there and uh it's just been a overall good good transition but it, it's difficult it's a really difficult yeah. process especially coming after uh, a lot of success like we had at nathan hale and the relationship i had with those guys really loved those guys so it was not an easy decision by any means. I cannot imagine it would ever be. I suppose if you hated a place, but it certainly didn't seem like you did over there. If you will, take us for a moment inside that emotion when you tell a team you're going to be going from one to another, and not just necessarily at Hale. I'm sure it's happened to you before. How do you approach that, and what's that like in that room? It's never It's never easy. Um, it, the process happened really quickly, and uh, – the administration at Hale, who was always so good to me, um, they wanted to make the announcement somewhat quickly so that the the rumors weren't, you know, getting back to the players. And so, you know, I I made my decision one evening, and the next morning was telling the the basketball team. So I didn't have a lot of time to to process it. Um, but you know, you just see a lot of the emotion, the anger on their faces, and you really can't do much about it and you accept it because they probably deserve that you know they deserve to be angry and mad and upset in that moment but then over time you know I'm still in touch with all of them and uh, still communicate with most of them pretty regularly and text them and it's it's when you have a good relationship with kids and um, something like that happens if it's a real relationship then they can they can understand it. Uh, It takes them a while but they get it They, they can see it from your point of view and over time they kind of I come around to to understanding the uh, reason that you left and the the reason that I made the choice that I made. Yeah, and kids are resilient. They they bounce back, and I'm glad to know that that is working the way it's working. At the same time, you get to your new team, and you walk in, and here's a team who is a brand-new head coach. They're not quite sure what's going to go on. How do you handle that first meeting with a new group? Because that can't really be a lot easier. Yeah, it's a lot more awkward, that's for sure. Um, you know, you get stuck in front. And uh, just from a sheer numbers standpoint, a lot more kids at Jinx in the gym. 
uh, just because the program itself is bigger. So that first day, you know, meeting all of them is a, a really large number of players. And so it's kind of overwhelming. You know, you can't under, learn names or faces really right off the bat, and you're just kind of in front of them. But um, they were really accepting of me early on. Um, they listened really quickly. They they took me in really quickly. They uh, There really wasn't too much combative um, behavior. And so as a, a new coach coming in, that's really all you can ask for. Like you – they're not going to trust you and love you immediately. You should, they shouldn't, that you have to earn those things, but um, they were willing to give me a chance. And so right off the bat, I was able to kind of start forging some of those relationships and building some of those strong relationships with players that um, usually might take more time, but they were just really accepting of a, a new coach. And that's the senior group. I mean, I'm their third coach in three years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've kind of, been been through the gauntlet here as high school players so for them to accept me and um, treat me the way they have is really just a testament to them and their character and the way that they were raised you when you when you get into a group like that and you're trying you, as you said you have to earn that trust and you've got to bring in a new style and those kinds of things do you kind of start into that kind of thing slowly um yes and no you know like you got to kind of put your stamp on it quickly but also understand there's only so much you can do um early on getting the job in the spring and then you have summer league there's not a lot that you can you know install to kind of put your stamp like hey this is this is daniel mcchesney style basketball right here this is what we're going to do and so you kind of got to give them a good foundation and then let them go let them go play let them see what they can do and let them learn and make mistakes on their own um i'm blessed with a great staff at jinx um and they've kind of helped carry me through this first year and lifted some of the extra weight that that I just couldn't lift myself. And so you you try to get as much done as you can quickly, but then, bam, summer's there, and there's not much you can do. And then before long, summer's over, and you're already into the offseason. So it goes quickly, um, but you try to to throw as much as you can at them, and you want to see what they can can grasp and what they can hold on to. But also, you know, they're they're kids, and – they have lives and they have things going on and basketball is not the most important thing to most of them. So you got to give them the, the freedom to learn slowly too. Dan McChesney is with us. He is the head basketball coach at Jinx after a run over at Nathan Hale. This is the Blitz 1170. You're welcome to text our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072 if you have a question. You said there, Dan McChesney, basketball. All right, so the people at Jinx who may or may not know about your run at Hale, what do you expect from your basketball team? What kind of style are you going to bring to this Jinx team? And I know you're already underway, so we'll talk about that and some of your best players. Yeah, so we're we're playing pretty fast. Uh, that's just kind of the way that I had built success at Hale was to play a, a pretty high pace of play, and so we want to play fast. And I mean, slow process. So we're not even playing as fast now as I really want to. We've kind of a, adapted a little bit based on um, who we have and kind of their skill set. But we want to play fast. Um, we want to score a lot of points and be exciting. I, I mean, I want people to. If they're buying a ticket, I want them to get, get their money's worth in the stands. And so we want it to be an exciting way to play basketball. Um, and then we want to pressure on defense. We want, to, we want to get after it on defense and put a lot of ball pressure and make people make mistakes and really hang our hat on, our, on the defensive end and force turnovers and, and kind of create our offense from our, from our defense. So um, the good thing about 
coming into Jinx was, um, you know, the coaches that had been there before me, there was a, there was a good foundation of work ethic, of, of character, of, you know, just the day-to-day expectation of what it means to be a basketball player. So when I walked in the gym, they were already competing at a high level, working really hard, um, you know, guarding, guarding on defense, flying around the gym, diving on loose balls. Those things were already in place. So you really get to just focus on, okay, what is, how, how do we make this a winning form of basketball? Um, and what does that look like for me as a head coach leading this team? And apparently that's working already. You've, your record, you know, get into your record in conference. It's thirteen and seven overall, but you guys are nine and four in district play. So you played very well. Had a really nice winning streak early on. What are you doing well right now? What do you want to work on? And for people who aren't familiar, name a few best players. Yeah, we had a good little a good little run early on, but we've also taken a few lumps. You know, we've had some some growing pains. This team um, only had one varsity player returning. So there was not a lot of guys that had varsity uh, experience. And with that means that in sometimes in these competitive games, you kind of have to learn how to win a little bit. Um, you, you have to learn how to make winning plays and you have to learn, you know, what's in the fourth quarter, what's, what's the most important, things like that. And so this team, we, we took our lumps on some games that we felt like we shouldn't have, but they, we learned and hats off to them because they were willing to sit down in the film room after those losses and, and really learn. And so, you know, right now we're, we're battling with a little bit of a injury, but I think we'll be, hopefully we'll be healthy by, by playoffs. Um, but we, this team has really just taken on the identity of a defensive uh, team they are fearless on the defensive end. They will guard anybody. Um, they're, they're not worried about matchups or player ratings or they, they don't care. They want to just get down and prove that you're going to have to score on them. Um, and so it's really given us the ability of, to win some games when we've struggled to score offensively, um, where we, we've had a hard time putting the ball in the hole, but we were able to sit down and guard um, and, and put pressure on the other team. And, and win some close ones um, that that maybe we shouldn't have won. And, and that's great. I mean, anytime you can do that, you you really can make a team feel, if you will, a little bit better about itself. Now, one of the guys you had coming back was Carter Monday, and he's not a big yep. dude at six foot, but as a three year starter, what does he do for your basketball team? Yeah, Carter is a, a coach's dream because he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, he, he just you can get the ball in his hands and something good is going to happen, whether it's he shoots it, somebody else shoots it. But it, 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 we're tough to press and we're tough to trap just because we have Carter Mundy on our team. Um, and, and then the other thing he does is that, like you said, that just that experience of being a part of some state tournament teams, being a part of a lot of winning um, and, and a lot of success and having the ball in his hands a lot. So he's really good uh, about making sure that guys are in the right spot, making sure that we're, we're closing out games the right way, um, making sure that we have the right personnel on the court. I mean, shoot, a lot of times he's looking at me like, hey, what do you think about this, this player, this guy on the court? Why are they in the game right now? Coach, let's get this person in the game. So he's, he's really good uh, leader on the court. Um, but, but, you know, he's not the only one. We don't have a lot of experience, but we've had a lot of success uh, from guys that didn't have experience. You know, Evan Goodwin – is a sophomore, uh, came in after a pretty good freshman year for him last year, didn't get a lot of varsity time, but he had a varsity suit, and he just came out blazing. He set a three-point uh, record, school record earlier in the season. He had 10 in a game. 
Um, he also already tied the Jinx uh, in-game scoring record of 44 points in a game. So he can really score it, um, and he's had a lot of success. But, I mean, we got a ton of guys that have stepped up in, in big moments um, that, you know, they might have looked at themselves like a role player before the year started, but they're just all integral pieces of what we're trying to do this year. Um, guys like a Milo Stufflebeam or a Jace Johnson um, that, that are just key pieces to what we're doing defensively and, and are willing to sacrifice a lot of what they can provide to a team on an individual basis for the sake of the team. They just want to win. Like yeah. they, they don't really care if they score, if they touch the ball. And, and those two guys will just sit down and guard possession after possession and never touch the ball on offense, and they're okay with that. And Fine. so it's, when you have guys like that, it makes it a lot easier as a coach. Pardon me there. Final moments here with Dan McChesney, Jinx basketball coach here on the Blitz 1170. It's 749 on your drive to work. It's uh, it's about uh, 33, years, 33 degrees, pardon me, out there. But it'll be 64 today, so stay tuned. Uh, Bryce Hulse. Coach, your team's at Ponca City tonight, a team that you've already beaten once this year. Uh, what do you expect from them in terms of things that you really have to watch out for that they're pretty good at? And does your game plan change at all from the first matchup? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, teams teams get better as the year goes, which uh, every team's the same. And so, you, if you don't look at them again and then reevaluate, then you're going to be behind. Um, they're playing better. I know that they haven't won as many, but they're playing better. And they have a first year coach there, and I know, um, you know, what it's like to be a first year coach like that. And so, they're they're gonna get better as the season goes. But they have a couple guards on their team. One in particular, Tay Moore. That I mean, he's as good as anybody we play. And so if you let a guy like that get hot and you let they, let them really get going early on, well, then you're going to be in for a long night. And then, like I said, we're, we're battling some injuries. And so our our leading scorer, Evan Goodwin, he's, he's out tonight. He was out the last game as well. And so we got to find other guys that can step up and, and score the ball. And whenever you're going two hours from home on a long bus trip, sometimes that the ball doesn't like to go in in the net like you want it to. So – Hopefully we can get it going early and set the tone early, and I think that'll help us out. How do you handle those long bus trips? I, I've many times mentioned those things uh, in my playing days many years ago, going to Ponca City or Enid or those kinds of things. You know, some kids travel you know, a good deal in cars. Others don't. And especially when you get on a bus trip, what do you do? How do you keep them eating, loose and occupied, that kind of thing? Well, we try to make sure we have a walkthrough before we get on the bus and, and so that they at least have something on their mind basketball related. Um, and we try to, uh, you know, we get there early enough that they're watching the JV boys play. They are um, watching the girls play. So it feels a little bit more like a, a normal night. But, I mean, it's tough. I mean, there's no way around it. Those two-hour trips, especially, you know, in high school where they're going to school in the morning, they're in class until noon, and then they get out, you know, then they might get out of one class early and then load up on a bus and drive across the state. And so it's, it's difficult, but so far this season, our guys have responded really well. We um, had a big win at Southmore, had a big win at Stillwater. Um, so we've responded for the most part with these, with these bus trips. That's out, that's outstanding. All right, before I let you go, and we're talking here to Dan McChesney now. I know you said you got your kids moved into the uh, the district, and now you're over coaching at Jinx, so you had a little time there. We had some questions we were throwing around this morning. Number one was best pizza because Tulsa has finished number two nationally in the best pizza city. Jinx, Tulsa, kind of the same thing. What's the best pizza over in Jinx? 
Well, I mean, we kind of cheat because there's an Andalini's on the Riverwalk. So, uh, you know, there's the main one on Cherry Street, but it's hard to beat Andalini's. I mean, that's that's got to be one of the reasons Tulsa ranks high right there. Yeah, it, it definitely is. There's no question about that. And then Toby Keith passed away last night at the age of 62. You have a favorite Toby Keith song? Yeah, I mean, as an Oklahoma State guy, should have been a cowboy. I mean, you can't go can't go wrong with that. There you go. That at the end, the end of the games after after the Oklahoma State football game. So yeah, sad to hear about about Toby Keith, Oklahoma legend. Now, if those two's answers, along with the fact he's now at Jinx and used to be at Nathan Hale, don't tell you this dude right here is a good guy. Nothing will. Dan, thank you very <laughs> much for your time. Continued good luck with your team. Travel safe out there tonight, and we'll check in with you later in the year. All right, thanks for having me, Rick. You bet. Dan McChesney from Jinx High School, now formerly, as I said, at Nathan Hale. This is the Blitz 1170 at 753. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. Coming up in about 17 minutes, we'll talk to Scott Hennessy, manager of the Drillers. They're having a large news conference today about 11 o'clock to kind of kick things off before the Drillers head to spring training. We'll talk to the skipper a little bit before that coming up here on the Blitz. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Last night in Big 12 basketball, Kansas State wins the Sunflower Showdown against fourth-ranked KU in overtime 75-70. Shiloh, Oklahoma native Tyler Perry had 26 points for the Wildcats. Oklahoma State football got a pickup in the portal as former Virginia Tech wide receiver Dwayne Lofton announced on social media that he is committed to the Cowboys. In the past three seasons for the Hokies, Lofton has tallied 410 yards receiving. That's the Wind World Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.